0: Hi, I am Xavier de Castellier. This is Hassel Talks, a podcast series exploring diverse perspectives, open-minded collaborations and creative insights that we know will be the key to navigating the increasing complexities of our world. Today, I'm here with Christopher Rabin, who is the founder of Rabin, a fashion label based in Hackney in London. And besides that, he's also the creative director for Timberland. Hi Chris, how are you?
1: Fantastic, so happy to be here and yeah thank you for the invite. Looking forward to uh, what I think will obviously be a very broad and hopefully very informative discussion.
0: Fantastic. Now um, your label Raven is really quite different than any other fashion label I've come across and you've got this Quite amazing. Three words you always use, and it's on quite a lot of your clothes, even even on this one, this uh, hoodie I have here, which says uh, remade, reduced, recycled. Can you elaborate on that to get us started?
1: Yeah, yeah thank you. Um, so we've been running a, uh, a small fashion label in, in East London, as you mentioned, for just over 11 years now. And the concept for me started with um, something a little bit different. I took one parachute, a a, a military parachute canopy, and I then uh, cut that thing up. I completely deconstructed it, and I made it into eight garments. And I called the idea Remade in England. So not just made in England, but remade in England. And from there, we've been able to then grow uh, a company. We now have about 25 people. We have two, two retail stores here in London. work with stores around the world as well but really it's the remade aspects of what we we do that really drives our our philosophy and we now make thousands of pieces from other items and they're all remade in England so it's everything from life rafts to blankets to um, uh, of course the parachutes that I mentioned earlier, silk maps kites you name it we'll take it apart and make it into something else but if we only did that we'd be a very very niche company so we then introduced two further parts to our line the reduced and recycled aspects and reduced really focuses on waste reduction local manufacturing and then recycled is allowing us to take steps towards completely closed loop garments. so uh, recycled, primarily from PET plastics, so all of those plastic bottles we're diligently recycling. They can be chipped, made into pellets, made into fibre, and then we make them into material that we then make into garments. So we call it remade, reduced, or recycled,
0: which is very different than what uh, people see happening now with fast fashion, right? Um, and that has been, you know, a drive in the fashion industry for the last I know ten years or something like that. Do you see that coming to an end soon? Do you see what are the drivers for that? How can that how can that really be changed?
1: When having this discussion, I think it's also important to, to counter it with the fact that people do need affordable clothing. So at Rayburn, we're not for a minute saying that that everything we're doing is is the right answer or indeed applicable to all. But we do think that in general, people, people need less stuff, but they need better stuff. You know, the very nature of, of, of fashion is driving driving news. Everyone wants something new. Those, those companies and, and brands in, involved in that current process and that current system within fast fashion, they're part of the solution as well, actually. You know, and I think it's so important that we work through this together. First, mm-hmm. we acknowledge that there is a problem and that we do need to make some changes. And perhaps this moment now within COVID-19 is exactly the moment where we take that obligation to, to make
0: those positive changes. Because architecture normally much, uh, takes much longer. Right? We don't have um, seasons, for example. Right? We don't have a winter or summer season in architecture. A building takes a long, long time to design and takes a long time to build. One line I think there is a a bigger analogy is when you start looking at fit-outs of buildings, you know, the interior office fit-outs get done by companies, and quite often they will only last maybe five years, and then everything gets chucked quite often.
1: But I think what's interesting in this conversation is that both industries, we need to go upstream a lot more than we do. We need to consider materials first, Um, and particularly within fashion, you have a a giant problem at the moment that the majority of affordable clothing tends to be blended materials. So it'll be a polyester with a cotton and currently the extruding process to to bring those two materials apart is uh, very, very um, experimental. There are some steps being made, but nothing on the scale. So all of a sudden, you've got millions, billions of garments being made that actually no one can then take apart. And I think... A big part of what we need to do um, within, I would say, of course, within the fashion industry, but I would also say cross industry is just consider materials to begin with Mm -hmm. and potentially where we can be a lot more um, sharing and a lot more uh, clear with what we're starting with to begin with and then what's manufactured, whether it be a beautiful office chair or it be a, um, you know, a puffer jacket, actually that maybe comes from the same source. And then if you continue to think, well, okay, once that item's been manufactured and then worn, hopefully for five years, 10 years, 15 years, or in your example, five years within the office environment, it can then still come back to the same place to be recycled and, and reused again. And then it's about again co-creation and, and cross-industry cooperation. And then I think it, it, it really it really starts to become very tangible. And I think in order to do this, it then needs it, it, it needs such a, a cross-industry, but then also cross potentially governments, etc. Um, thought around what the future of materials are and um, what countries' places are, what do they want to be uh, doing going into the future? Would, for example, the UK want to be a recycling hub for a certain type of material, and then by default the manufacturing hub for that same material? I certainly feel within the fashion industry there's not nearly enough work happening considering upstream and then downstream, and essentially looking to close the loop
0: it's, it's everybody has this kind of uh, goodwill to wanting to change. And often it's what I find that people don't sometimes don't know how to. And I think is that knowledge that um, h- how do we get that knowledge? How do we need to kind of upskill ourselves? And what you just said about uh, young uh, designers coming now with a certain set of knowledge, being knowledgeable and learning continuously about it is, is so important uh, at, at all levels because otherwise we don't have the tools on how to do it
1: I, I think the first thing in all of this as well it, it's about transparency and mm. about accepting the fact that nobody has a nobody has a map for this you know this is all new for, mm. uh, in whatever industry. So there's no, there's no defined route. You just need to put actions in place and, and a level of accountability. And when I think about with, with Rayburn, we used Earth Day, so April 22nd. So actually, we took that day out almost as a digital away day, you know, in the, in the height of COVID-19, to then really plan about what we were going to do as a business. And then importantly, put actions in place and accountability and say that we'll report publicly, uh, quarterly, Of what we've been doing, what mistakes we've made, what's gone well, et cetera, and then move things forward together. So, I do think that there are some cross industry initiatives that we can work towards, along with, with, as you say, the um, things like uh, the the sort of carbon neutrality and and travel, et cetera, all of those things. I think almost now they need to be just standard. Mm -hmm. And then, what can you do over and above that? You know, I, I like the fact that we should, in the right way, challenge each other. And you know, when you mentioned earlier about between us that the two industries, fashion and and, um, and architecture, make up fifty percent of the um, the carbon emissions and the pollutants, etc. That's a really bad competition to be involved in, right? Mm. And it's not it's not like I am either us should be proud of that. But if that all of a sudden turns around and, and can become truly positive then, wow, you know, it's a real game changer.
0: What we see in architecture is becoming really important is um, I think technology is starting to help us a lot uh, along the way. In, in architecture, we use a lot of kind of digital tools and where we are able to, in the design process, start to understand how our buildings will behave and how they can be more sustainable. You know, we can, you know, calculate before we build the building how much it will heat up by the sun, how much the insulation, how well the insulation works. All these things we start to actually um, model and simulate before we really do the real thing and build the building. Um, I was wondering, is technology playing a big role in that in fashion as well, or is it, or is it in, in different ways?
1: Uh, The simple answer is I think it wants to, and I (laughs) think that the fashion industry wants to implement, um, sort of innovation and particularly digital innovation. I think there's still more work to do around how to make it, let's say more accessible and more understandable because what we do at the moment is frankly absurd. We make millions of things, physical things, and we ship them all over the world. And then we take them to, of course, um, depots that then go into individual stores. And we assume that all of a sudden, when Xavier walks into the store on a Saturday afternoon to buy a new coat, we've got his exact size in the exact color with all the detail that Xavier wants, And, you know, the the levels of risk there are obviously magnified at at, at every point, whereas actually can you not end up being in a point where the jacket that Xavier wants, he's actually signed off digitally that he's happy Mm. with that, and we're then in a position where we can make it so that we're sure it fits you, because if you have a digital version, you're then already in a position where that can be shared easier, and essentially you can do that work a lot quicker and then when you start to think about how that extrapolates into physical retail stores then it's a really exciting conversation it potentially even crosses over between our two industries we're a long way off that but that's an exciting proposal
0: so chris thank you so much again for your um time because i know you're a very busy man you have quite a few hats to to wear as a uh, founder of Rayburn and creative director at uh, Timberland.
1: Pleasure.
0: Fantastic to talk, fantastic to kind of see our both industries who might seem completely different. I think uh, we're striving towards the same goal, which is so fantastic. And I hope we're going to be collaborating more in the future on all sorts of interesting projects. I am Xavier de Castellier. You have been listening to an episode of Hassle Talks recorded in London. If you enjoyed this conversation and would like to hear more, please subscribe and check out our other episodes. Thanks for listening.